God, we enter your presence today with joy and with thanksgiving. And maybe some of us in sorrow and grief. And maybe some of us um, in numbness and jadedness. Uh, but despite wherever on this spectrum of emotion or circumstance or human experience we lie, still we're here and we're on holy ground. And God, more importantly, you are here. Uh, so we bring before you our praise as we contemplate our weeks. Uh, we thank you for every delightful moment of revealed beauty that made the otherwise mundane magnificent. And we thank you for every hardship that we face that did not master us but served to lead us to our master. And we thank you for every truth that displaced a lie. That when we felt anxious, we fought back with the truth that you quiet us with your love. And when we felt weak, we remembered that your power is made perfect in our weakness. And when we felt lacking, we knew that you are our everything, you're our inheritance. And we thank you that we weren't alone this week. Thank you that we had friends to celebrate victories with. We had shoulders to cry on. We had a family to share a table with. So we thank you for every gift that we were able to grasp and count. And we thank you for the innumerable amount of blessings and workings of beauty that are unavailing before us, but are yet unseen. In Jesus' name, the giver of every good gift, we pray. Amen. Amen. Ooh, so welcome to Church 99. Oh man, it's just, uh, it's November, right? Um, we're 11 and a half months into 2022. It was like, man, like COVID started three years ago, right? That's crazy to think about and like, and where we come from there, you know, it's, and we're entering into 2023. We're right at the turn of the year. And I think, isn't it so fitting that Thanksgiving is like observed right at the end of the year? Um, it gives us a chance to really reflect on this past year before, before entering the new one. Right? I feel like there's something so special about um, pausing and reflecting on this past season before entering into a new one. Uh, I don't know about you, but I feel like sometimes we where we approach the end of the year and we can't wait for the year to be over. We just want something new. We're over this year. Right? Um, but I think if we look at this year through the lens of gratitude and thanksgiving, we'll see that this year was really such a blessing. Right? And we don't want to move on into the new year. Um, before we observed this past year, uh, because I think that's just that just sets us up for joy in the next season. Uh, see, gratitude and thanksgiving has such a way to like shift our perspective, right? And um, so this, there's a story in the Old Testament about um, you can put up the first slide, Isaac, about the Israelites right before they crossed the Jordan River into the Promised Land. 
Um, they sent out 12 spies to kind of scout out the land of Canaan, right? And this is the, or, or this is the report that they gave to Moses when they came back from spying the land. They told him, we came to the land which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this, and this is its fruit. And they showed him some fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the hill country, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him said, We're not able to go against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they spied out, saying, The land uh, through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people we saw in it are of great height. So, perspective is so important because when they, so, so when they were sent out to scout the promised land, yes, they saw the blessings that were there, but they also saw the dangers, the people that were already occupying it. Right, and that kind of that prevents them from basically going in for another uh, forty years. But I think for us, right, perspective is so important um, because we can see uh, our lives through the perspective of gratitude and thanksgiving for the things that we already have and enjoy that, or we can see our lives through the things that we lack, right? And maybe for some of us, we want, so for, like, as we observe this, like, Thanksgiving season. Maybe for some of us, we want nothing more to get out of the season that we're currently in. But I think that if we intentionally look back on this season through the lens of gratitude and thanksgiving, we'll be able to see the goodness of God in His provision for us, His presence with us, and for all the things that He's producing in us. Um, so, one of the most well-known verses in the Bible about Thanksgiving is First Thessalonians, or giving thanks, comes from First Thessalonians 5, uh, 16 to 18, which says, Rejoice always, um, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will in us through Christ Jesus. All right, um, now the purpose of this letter to the Thessalonians was actually um, to encourage them in their time of persecution, uh, because at this time they were a new church, right? Thess uh, yeah, there was a new church, and they were kind of hard-pressed with persecution. But this letter was an exhortation to remain strong in the faith. Right? So, likewise, even as we're going through hard times, right, there's an expression of gratitude and thanksgiving that will move us on with hope. Um, so I want to start this off by giving us a couple circumstances or a couple of reasons uh, for which we can give thanks. Um, so when God provi provides for us, we give thanks. When God's presence is with us in hard times, we give thanks. 
And when he is producing something in us, even though we can't see it, we give thanks. Um, so first thing, we give thanks God. We give God thanks for His provision for us, right? That's Christianity one on one. It's like, all right, God gives us something, we say, we thank Him for it. <laughs> That's like the first dynamic that we learn in Christianity as God as our provider or God as our Father. Right, that's the first thing we kind of learn. Um, Jehovah Jireh, right? the Lord will provide. He's the giver of all good gifts. And everything that is attributed to us, or everything that good that we own is attributed to Him. Um, in Deuteronomy 8.10, it's not, a, it's not in the slides, Isaac. Um, Moses, tells, yeah, Moses tells the Israelites, you will eat and be full. And you will bless the Lord your God um, for the good land He has given you. Um, so, yeah, He says you will, you will eat, and you will be full, and your response will be to give thanks or to bless God for the land that He has given you. And the Greek word for giving thanks in First Thessalonians is. I'm going to butcher it, but it, I don't know. It, it's spelled Eucharistale, all right? Um, which is where we get the word Eucharist, right? uh, which is a component for taking communion. But it literally translates to having gratitude toward, or specifically to say grace um, at a meal. So every time we say grace for a meal, we thank God for his provision for us. Sure, all of us. At some point, we, we grew up like doing this, right? and uh, yeah, we, Christianity one on one. Give thanks to God when He provides for us. I think for me, like one of the things He always provided me with is community. Like ever since I was young, right? I didn't grow up in a Christian household, but I always went to small group or like youth group because. My parents thought it was free daycare, right? Church was like free daycare for me. And um, like summers, I would always go to youth group. So, yeah, I've grown up with like other little second graders, like learning about Jesus all my life, right? Um, and community is something I've never lacked. Like I've been a part of a band of rebel and runaways way before I found 99. You know, so um, I thank God for that, and I every time I remember His provision for me, it's like, dang, I'm I'm never alone, right? I will always have community. I will never have to worry about finding people to live life with. So yeah, I feel like every time I'm like, I feel alone. I know that I'm not because I'm able to see God and see his provision for me. Yeah. And um, I think furthermore, like, or if, if we go on in the story of Moses telling the Israelites to give thanks, he actually tells them, like, if you don't, if you forget, you're actually going to die. Like, I'm not going to read the story, but it, it says you're going to die. <laughs> you just got to have to take my word for it, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 8. You're going to die if you don't give thanks to God, or if you forget. Um, and, that's, and that's that word that he gives his people for his time. 
And I don't think for us, like, maybe calamity won't befall us if we forget to give thanks. But I think something that happens to us is that we lose our joy when we forget to give thanks. Um, all right, because it's not the gifts of the giver that is sufficient to give us joy. It's our relationship with him. Um, when we forget to give thanks for the things he's given us, we um, forget to take stock of all that we have. And we look at our lives through things that we don't. Right? And then we start getting, we start looking at other people and comparing ourselves to them and seeing what they have that we don't have and we feel entitled. And that strips us from our joy because that strips us or that takes us away from the, our relationship from our giver. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, um, and as we know, like, from the, Israel's history, like, most of their problems come from them forgetting um, everything that God has done for them. Right? Um, they turn their hearts away from God and they get in trouble. And sometimes for us, that's what gets us in trouble or that's what strips us from our joy. So I think um, thanksgiving and gratitude really strengthens our relationship with Him. It spurs on our love for our Father and our faith in Him. Yeah, we learn to be happier with less. And we become, become free from the constant want of material things. Right? We have this paradigm shift of, no, the paradigm is, I am happy because of the things that I own. Or, or, sorry, I am happy because, sorry, the paradigm is this. <laughs> I can only be happy with the more that I accumulate. Right? But when we look at our lives through thanksgiving and gratitude, the paradigm becomes, I am happy because of everything that I have. Right? So I think that's key to joy. Right? So we give thanks to God's provision for us. Uh, and may, may gratitude towards God really free us from our constant incessant wanting of things and bring us to a place of satisfaction. Okay, second reason to give thanks to God. His presence with us in our painful and troubled times. Right? Emmanuel, God with us. So I think it's one thing to express gratitude to God for what He provides for us, but it's, it takes another level of maturity to give thanks to God in our seasons of pain. Right? When we when we're confused or when we're hard pressed with trials and tribulations and we don't know why. And if you're in the season right now, I just want to acknowledge that, dude, it's it's hard and I want to commend you for your faith and I want to commend you for being here. And I want to exhort you to hold on because you'll get through this. That God sees you and He's with you and He's and He hears every prayer that you pray, even if it's like the ones filled with the cuss words, you know. Um, he accepts those and He wraps His arms around you. I think I, I say that because, like, you know, I'm the type of guy I, I like to write prayers out. Um, and I send prayers to some of you guys, but every time I write a prayer for church or for for you guys, it, it's always like has nice words and it's poetic and and it's funny stuff. Or I don't know, I 
try to repeat some, but I think in reality, like, a lot of times when I pray, especially when I'm going through it, like, when I'm going through hard times, it's like, God, I'm here. F this. You know, like, it's just, I'm here. I have no words, but my expression of anger when I'm crying, right? And, and yeah, like, during those times, like, all I have is a, for an offering is my anger, or is an acknowledgement of my feelings. It's raw. It's, it's cursing, right? But still, I want to be with you. And most of the time, like, he, he honors that, or all of the times he honors that. And I feel his presence around me, even in my times of just anger and rage, right? Um, and sadness. So I think such an important thing for us to be able to express. Like, yeah, um, we're going through it, but thank you, God, that you're with me in it. Um, Psalm 23 um, says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. And mercy... And goodness and mercy will follow with me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Right, this is written uh, when David, he's, he's running away from his enemies. Right, he's in danger. He's in the wilderness. He's hiding. He's surrounded uh, by people who want to kill him. Yet he, he acknowledges the nearness of God and he feels comfort. Right, he feels this joy of this oil on his head. His cup overflowing. And he experiences goodness and mercy even in his troubled times. Sorry, I lost my voice. Right? Because in the very least, when we're going through these times, we still have the presence of God with us. Um, can you put out that Tozer quote, Isaac? Yeah. Um, I love this quote from A.W. Tozer. He's, he's my favorite theologian. But he says this uh, about having God's presence. He says, The man who has God for his treasure has all things in one. Many ordinary treasures may be denied him. Or if he's allowed to have them, the enjoyment of them will be so tempered that they will never be necessary to his happiness. Or if he must see them go one after one, he will scarcely feel the sense of loss. For having the source of all things, he has in one, he has in one all satisfaction, all pleasure, all delight. Whatever he may lose, he has actually lost nothing, uh, for he now has it all in one, and he has it purely, legitimately, and forever. So I don't know what kind of season you're in. If you're in one of these hard um, seasons where you're feeling pain of loss or, you know, life's just not going the way you envision it to be, I want to acknowledge that expressing gratitude is very difficult. Right? But I have to say that if you're in the season, like, 
I feel like it's an invitation to know God deeper. It's an invitation. It's his invitation to, for you to know him as a comforter or a friend, as a or as a loved one. And I think gratitude and an open heart to his presence would really guide you into a deeper and more fuller relationship with you or with him. So I want to encourage you that God is with you, or God's with us in our season of. And he is inviting us into a deeper experience to who he is. So make this posture of gratitude and a heart of thanksgiving in the midst of a painful circumstance really like illuminate our path into a greater intimacy and love for him. Amen. And the third reason I'm going to give you to um, give thanks to God is for what he's producing in us that we currently cannot see. I think something that Mickey always exhorts us to do, especially during worship, is to give thanks before our breakthrough. Give thanks before we receive our breakthrough. Um, he always says things like, sing your sway into the truth. Um, and I just want to reiterate that, to thank God for what he's doing in us that we can't see the outworking of yet. I really believe he's moving mountains for us um, beneath the surface of what he's, what we currently experience. Because God's provision for us and his presence with us is usually a tangible thing. We can feel it or we can touch it, right? But this, this takes us into a level of faith, right? Giving thanks to God for something that he hasn't, that we don't see yet, it takes another level of faith. And I'll point you to two, like, two pretty well-known verses. The first one is Philippians 1, 6, And I am confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. <clears throat> Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Um, yeah. He's producing something good in he will bring to completion, right? Even though you can't see it yet, you're being made more and more into the image of Christ. Uh, you're going from glory to glory into a more full person, right? Um, and I, I relate most of my life, or I relate to life mostly through like bodybuilding and training people, right? Like we all we have like four trainers. In here right now, so we're pretty much the fittest like church in San Francisco right now. Uh, but yeah, I relate to people, or I relate to life through this process of of training, right? Um, and for me, and for most of my clients, like when we start out, like or when I start out with a client, they're coming in and they're all nervous and they hate working out. Um, you know, and they can't see the end product of who they will or who they're becoming. So it's like they complain a lot, right? But once they like start getting into the process, and that's me too. Like, I'm the worst client. <laughs> I'm the worst client. So if you, like, Kelly doesn't even want to train me because I'm I'm so bad at this client. But um, but yeah, once they get into the process of it, once they start seeing 
some results, right? They're not at the end yet, but they're developing their habits. Um, they're developing a routine um, and a love for working out, for eating healthy, and like that's that's what's being produced in them. Like, good habits, like a change in their lifestyle um, before they see the full picture. Of Zac Efron. They want to look like Zac Efron, but it's probably not going to happen. But they're, 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 they're developing habits, okay? Now for us, like, we will get to our end. We will get to the end of our journey. We will um, see, like, you know, the full um, expression of who we are in Jesus. But I think there's something to say, like, that we're always, that something is producing that God is producing something in us that we can't see yet. So um, there's this expression of gratitude for that. And that invites us into a deeper love for Him and for ourselves. I was like, when was the last time you looked in the mirror and, like, you looked and you loved yourself? Um, I think more often than not, I, I look at my, my faults, right? I look at my faults and Every way I fall short, but when I see myself and I have gratitude toward, towards God for what He's producing in me, then it's like, dang, I'll be okay. I'll be a decent person. I'll be a more whole person. Um, yeah. So we shift our perspective away from all the things that we lack as people, and we take on the view of ourselves as God sees us. And we begin to see all the ways that we're like Him, or like the ways that we are becoming like Him. So may thanksgiving towards God for all that He's producing in us guide us in our path toward healing and wholeness. So we give thanks to God for His provision for us, His presence with us, and for all that He's producing in us. And um, before I end today's talk, I I want to say that, you know, giving thanks and expressing gratitude is not easy. There's nothing, like, inherent or instinctual about giving thanks, right? I'm sure, like, when Mickey and Krista, when they feed Zion and change his diapers or hold him when he cries, like, Zion's first instinct isn't to, like, to give thanks. Like, he just cries and expects things to... Be given to them, right? Um, so gratitude is something that has to be learned or taught and practiced with intention. So I have this Brene Brown quote. Uh, I didn't. I don't actually read her books. Um, <laughs> <laughs> actually, so okay. Isaac does. So I find out, but I don't. I don't really. I actually heard this from a Steve Furtick sermon. <laughs> so Steve Furtick quoting Brene Brown, okay, about gratitude. Okay, so it says in this research we learned that the most effective way to cultivate joy in our lives is to practice gratitude. The key word here is practice, not a game. Practice. <laughs> Thank you, thank you guys. Thank you. I'm glad you, okay. It is not, 
It's not about feeling grateful. It's about developing and observing. Or it's it's about developing an observable, observable practice. So often we think that joy makes us grateful, when in reality it's gratitude that brings us joy. The data supporting this finding was so persuasive that we started a daily gratitude practice in our home. We now go around the table every night before dinner and share one thing for which we are grateful. Um, the key word here is practice. So according to Brene Brown, the key to cultivating joy is to practice gratitude or put it into action. Um, so yeah, I, I just wanna, yeah. So before I end today, I, I wanna give us like a couple ways that I practice gratitude. Um, maybe like you guys can inherit Please do for yourself. Okay. Uh, so first thing I do is I keep a gratitude journal. Uh, I don't know about you, but I find it very, very, very difficult to journal. Like I, I think I'm a good writer. I'm a pretty good writer, but I don't like writing uh, because I'm kind of a perfectionist when it comes to journaling and writing. So I don't like to do it every day because like I have to like perfectly put my thoughts down into this journal entry and I'm not good at that or I don't like I don't want to spend time on that so I end up not doing it. Um, but one thing that I do do is I write down one thing that I'm grateful for every day. Like just one sentence in my journal. So I mean I do miss some days but like okay let, let's say you do this every day for a year plus or minus 50, or like minus 50, like you will, you'll still have 300 things to look back on for which you are grateful for. You do it for two years, that's 600. It's a multiplier, right? Every year. And you'll find that your life is so rich and so full of like good things. Yeah, like, I, I really hope that when you guys can look back on your life or when you guys look at your life through gratitude, that's really what I want. For you guys to see that your life is rich. Like you guys have, like we have so much and um, like God has given us so much and he's so faithful to us. So, gratitude journal. Um, second thing, so one thing that I do is I displace every lie that I hear from, I don't know, my own head or from others or whatever. So I, I displace every lie with the truth. For example, when I feel like, when I feel unseen, I write in my journal, God, you see me. And it's simple, right? When I feel lonely, I write, God, you're always with me. And I displace my negative emotions with the truth that I know from the Bible or um, that I know to be the character of God. And this discipline really helps me engage with God and like, thank Him for like, the ability to see myself rightly. So this discipline really engages with God, His truth, and His Word. And yeah, it, it helps me to see myself rightly despite what I'm feeling in the moment. 
So, yeah, if you ever feel low or you feel lonely or you feel something bad about yourself, right? On one column, write the negative, and in the other column, write the positive reciprocal. Just the opposite, opposite of what you're feeling, you know. Um, and I hope you really like see that life is good, you know. That you are good, and life is good. Okay. And the third thing is invite community into your practice. So something that me and Kelly do. She, Kelly's my coworker. We see each other every day. Something that we do every day is we play this game called highs and lows. And simply, that's just like us taking turns telling each other um, what we enjoyed about the day and what we didn't enjoy, or what we enjoyed least. What we enjoyed most and what we enjoyed least. And in doing so, like, it makes every day seem like a gift, right? Every, we do this without fail. Like, even if we don't see each other, we text each other, like, highs and lows. And I find that when I do this, like every day seems so unique, right? There's a different thing to be thankful for, to be grateful for, or to enjoy every day. Like sometimes it's my clients who are hitting PRs. Sometimes it's my, the way I train, it's like it's smooth, it's going well, and I'm communicating well. Or sometimes it's, I get to leave work to get boba. You know, see like every day, it, there's a different gift for every day in the midst of a routine, right? Every day seems like the same. But we play this game, and I see that every day is actually a unique gift. So, um, yeah, I encourage you guys, find someone in the community or someone you know, and do highs and lows with every day. You'll see that, man, every day is a So I really hope that, oh, Jared, you can come up. Oh, my bad, I'm ending soon. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but I really, um, I really hope that, you know, in putting gratitude to practice, you'll find joy in your life and joy in giving thanks to God for his provision for you, for his presence with you, and for what he's producing in you. May gratitude burn in our hearts to love and fortify our minds to know that every day and every season is a gift to be thankful for. And may it lead us into a deeper and greater joy. In Jesus' name, amen.